programs and welcome to the awesome Friday podcast for whatever the date is. Today is uh, February the 13th, 2022. My name is Matthew. I'm joined as always by Simon. Say hello, Simon. Hello and welcome and I hope everyone is doing well today. <laughs> yes. Generic so, I, mean, I, know I said this before, but at some point I'm going to have to like write down an intro script because I think I've said it differently. This is like our 30th episode since we relaunched or something like that. And I think I've said it differently and out of order 30 different times. No, I, I disagree with you. I don't think there should be a script. I think it should be organic <laughs> and slightly scrappy and, uh, and heartfelt and meaningful. Well, it's, it's at least one of those things. <laughs> um, this week, we're going to be talking about uh, sli- slightly different things. First, we're going to cover a film, and then we're going to talk about the Oscar nominations. Yes. Uh, but first, how are you, Sam? Well, I'm, I'm, first thing I want to say is that if you're listening to this um, and usually listening to our gaming podcast as well, apologies for it not existing this week. I, I, I did the podcast unfortunately my recording device recorded the first 30 seconds of that podcast and i noticed this at the uh end of the podcast 30 minutes later so trust me my dog um had a really insightful half an hour about the comparison of sifu versus god hand so when i find some time and the energy i will re-record it but um it's been one of those weeks um (laughs) this is busy oh dear sleepy um i'm fine busy uh at least the sunshine's coming out now um i actually did some gardening today oh I, wow it's true I, we are we are in the season that in vancouver is best described as the spring of deception which is <laughs> no. the sunny 10-day period in february that comes uh after the second snow and after the after the third rain but before the fourth rain it's sunny for somewhere between five and ten days. That's our spring of deception. Wow, so, you've lived here long enough now. to be down with that rhythm, have you? So that's nice. Nice to have a bit of sun and uh, sow my wild seed all over my garden, which was nice. Well, I, I, it's wild seed. That, I bought it that's, that sounds dirty. <laughs> it, it was dirty. It's very soily. <laughs> um, but it's fine. How are you? What have you been up to? Oh, I'm really terrible. I have been working full time and also I'm having a terrible, I'm taking some classes uh, which are going really badly for me right now because work has been so busy and you know, it's just February. So annual (laughs) mental health challenges have cropped up. So, but I'm here and this is the thing I enjoy most doing each week. So I'm looking forward to doing it. Hooray. All right. Gleam in the darkness. What are we talking about this week? Well, so we first, cover? we're uh, we're going to talk about a movie that technically is one of last year's releases, but is uh, somewhat timely for us. Uh, the Pedro Almodovar film Parallel Mothers, starring Penelope Cruz, which is just coming to Canadian theaters. Um, I think at this upcoming, it either just premiered on, on this past Friday or it's premiering this coming Friday. And off the top of my head, I can't remember which. Uh, <laughs> so let me just look that up. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the Oscar nominations, which were announced this week um, for the 94th Oscar celebration, um, which uh, are we going to um, are we going to live blog those again? Are we going to li- what are we going to do this year? Simon, I'm going to leave it. To uh, you. Oh, you put me on the spot. When what date is the Oscars? Tell me again. 
It is March the 27th, I believe. I I very much enjoy live blogging the Oscars, so I think if we are able to do that, then we should do that. Good. Yeah, and uh, the um, Parallel Mothers arrived in Canadian theaters in Toronto and Vancouver specifically on the 11th. That uh, is yesterday right. for us, and for you listening, it'll be the day before yesterday. Uh, so if you're in either of those cities, you have a chance to see it on the big screen, assuming that it is safe where you are to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I understand it, it is uh, going to be expanding to other cities over the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, which is sort of the way that art house films go. Now, this one played at a number of festivals last year. It opened the Venice Festival, and I believe it played at, uh, I want to say Telluride and a couple of other ones. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, Penelope Cruz, it's just going to be a good segue because Penelope Cruz has been nominated for Best Actress for the film. Oh, has um, she? I she has. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I guess you're looking at the nomination list blind next, which is going to be fun for me. <laughs> um, and the story concerns uh, Penelope Cruz as a, she's a photographer and she has a, a brief tryst with a man and she gets pregnant and in the hospital where she gives birth she shares a room with a young woman who is also pregnant they give birth around pretty much at exactly the same time and then it follows their story from that point as shockingly enough parallel mothers <laughs> oh god i just worked out the title of course they're, I know, they're, right? they're both parallel yeah when they stand upright <laughs> they are parallel to one another <laughs> Um, and that's pretty much all I can say without giving away something it's about, yeah, pretty, I, pretty major. I mean, what else can you say about the plot of this film? It's difficult because the movie is not about anything Matt has just said. Like, the movie is about something very, very specific. And within that that very specific thing lies the themes of the, the movie that tie into how Penelope Cruz's character met this, this guy to begin with about generational links like gene the strength of genealogy and um, but in order to go any further you would have to kind of spoil a major thing so i don't think i don't think we should do that but yeah i mean at the end of the day i think it would be safe to say that the film is kind of two films in one there's yes. there's there's sort of two a plots yeah. uh one of which is this story of penelope cruz and the young woman um who uh, who basically have babies at the same time. That's that's pretty much the whole setup. Mm-hmm. Um, they end up spending a lot of time together. Um, and yeah, the uh, their their story does end up reflecting the other A story, which is all about not only uh, the strength of genealogy, but also like generational trauma. Um, mm-hmm. If you know anything about the history of spain you know that they had a civil war right around the same time as the second world war and a lot of this is stemming uh, from that and rightly so because that was a terrible terrible war that we don't talk about enough when we talk about the second Mm -hmm. world war Um, the young woman is played by uh an actress called milena smith i believe is how you say her last name um and she is she's she's quite young she's in her 20s she's actually been around in spain for quite a while though she's been nominated for a couple of goya awards which are um spain's oscars basically um oh. and uh she's quite good in it too the big news in this film i feel is penelope cruz who is both one of the yeah. most stunning human beings on the planet who has this 
weird supernatural ability to make just any clothes look like the most attractive clothes in the world. Mm -hmm. um, but also, as it turns out, she's a hell of an actor. And I mean, yeah. who knew that other than every, <laughs> everyone on the planet? Well, what I found really interesting for me is that I don't think I've seen her act in Spanish before. Oh, and really? I was, I was really racking my brains watching this, trying to work out. I know I haven't seen many of, um, oh, help me the director's name, Almodovar. 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 I know a lot about him. I know a lot about his style. I think I watched one of his really, really early movies um, when I was a film student. Um, and I know that he's got this very strong, he's, he's one of these visionary directors and that he has very specific themes and visions and he he has a reputation for good lighting and i think parallel mothers one of the standout things for me is some very distinct lighting choices that were really uh evocative and really interesting but um because i haven't seen many of his movies which he's collaborated with Jennifer Cruz a number of times i don't I can't think of another movie that I've seen where she acts completely in Spanish. And that surprises me too, actually, because I she's a fantastic actress and I've always enjoyed her performance, but there's something about her in her native tongue. And even though I don't speak <laughs> sorry, Baxter, you know I don't speak Spanish. Um <laughs> the the I, I understand a few words here and there, but the music of it and her delivery and her eyes, oh my God, the, the commitment to what she does in her body language and her eyes. And, and in this movie, she really goes through some like moments trademark, like real actor moments, and she doesn't overplay it. And there's some moments of absolute like gut-wrenching heartbreak that is um she handles beautifully like she's sensational in this so i'm really happy that she's been nominated um i so I, so I actually it, would like to watch other things now i was gonna say it's interesting to me that you haven't seen anything any of her spanish films because i think she's a spectacular actress in either language but i think she's a better actor in spanish mm-hmm and I don't know if that's just connection to the material or just because of uh, Spanish is her first language or that she has some bond with a Maldivar or yeah, any Spanish. I don't know what it is. I have, I, th I think she's good in everything that I've seen her in. Um, I think that she has only been truly transcendently good in Spanish films that I've seen her in. Mm -hmm. And she has done a number with a Maldivar. Um, Although I don't think terribly recently, uh, if memory serves, the last one she did with him was Broken Embraces, which is about 10 years ago, mm -hmm. 2009 or so, and, and Volver before that, and All About My Mother, I think, was in the late 90s. Um, but they're all good movies, and Amodovar doesn't really make bad movies. He also made uh, Pain and Glory in 2019, which was nominated for a best foreign language film oscar uh year before last with mm -hmm. antonio banderas who is another actor who is always good um but might be better in spanish like <laughs> definitely mm -hmm. he definitely mm -hmm. picks more capital a acting roles in spanish mm -hmm. i would say mm -hmm. um 
And yeah, Maldivar is he's such a good. I don't know how much of it is him and how much of it is cinemat is a cinematographer, but he seems to know how to shoot a film mm-hmm. in a very distinct and compelling way. Yeah, it's so it's very very distinct, and there's a couple of um, really slow. I don't know if you noticed too, but some very very slow fades at the end of telephone calls, like yep. lightning fades, that for some reason just really. I'm not sure moved is the right word, but really resonated with me. Like there's something about that very intentional fade over dialogue that is, is such a distinct choice and it was done so beautifully. Yeah. There's one in particular where she's in a, in a, she lies down in a bed after a phone call and Mm -hmm. you can tell it's a combination of a lighting fade and a fade out. Um, but it the lighting fades around her, and then it sort of slowly fades to her face, and then fades out completely. Yeah, and it yeah. was very, very deliberate and very effective. It's really artistic. You know, there's some beautiful painterly moments. This is uh, again, I think, when you have a director like this who who is so experienced, and and um, Del Toro is a lot like this as well. That he is so experienced with the art of filmmaking now, and he he can really capture these really stylized moments in a very natural way. I also think as well that um, there's a moment in the film where there's a, a brief time jump um, that shows the, the context of a relationship between two characters. Mm-hmm. And the way um, he does this is so effortlessly great. And it was interesting this week that we tried, I tried to watch another movie um, maybe I won't mention it, but there was a, a, a local, there was a, a low budget indie movie that has, in the middle of a conversation, it has a time jump to show the context of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And we communicated at that time at how annoying that whole mess was. And it was just done really like without any grace, like without any skill, or without any kind of idea about how films work and to see something in the same week that does exactly the same thing but so like the editing with the door like the door the opening of the door like cutting these two time jumps and Mm. you knew exactly because of the costume changes you knew exactly what was going on the acting changes as well and when you cut back as well it was just a joy like a real technically this film was a joy. Like as, as someone who loves the art of filmmaking, it's just great to watch a director who is so good at what they do. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of when you watch Spielberg as well, like every frame is, a, is a, a something you could stop and print and, and frame. Yeah. I mean, this is one where like, I think, I don't think you like this. So I didn't, love this film exactly but i think it's a good movie and people should see it i I don't think you liked it as much as i did on the whole but i don't think that amaldivar makes really like bad movies i think he's kind of like he is like spielberg is a good comparison if only in that spielberg on his worst day is still Mm. the most technically proficient Mm. director in the world like you know you watch something like ready player one which is a movie that i don't really like but you can the parts where he was there, and it's not just a mess of CGI. The parts where he's directing it are mm-hmm. are just superb, you know. And uh, I think 
at Maldivar is kind of the same. That there's a there's just a, a baseline level of quality you can expect from him, mm-hmm. and whether or not you connect with the material, his films are never not about something, which mm-hmm. I also find effective. He doesn't ever just make. He's always working through something. You know, he's never. Mm-hmm just making a story to tell a story there's yeah. always some underlying theme he's trying to explore and i really appreciate yeah. that yeah no that's a, that's totally correct and um, i um i didn't really feel the story worked for me but i agree it's it's definitely the kind of movie that it could really really work for you if you if you like these two storylines that are kind of thematically linked and narratively linked they they kind of bookend everything else that goes on this um uh this expert who is uh hired to uh hopefully exhume the remains of Penelope Cruz's uh grandfather who got killed in in this terrible fashion well, I guess war. I guess we're spoiling the thing <laughs> no no I don't think we're not spoiling I mean it's in the first how she meets him it's literally in the first minute That's about true. she has him to hopefully find the resting place of her granddad like it's it's in the first seconds the main point of this movie is not this the rest of the the rest of the story is not really about this first introduction but by the end you kind of link to it and i just felt the whole thing was a bit um fractured and a bit scattershot and uh a bit uneven but i i, yeah, I enjoyed I, I, the technical side yeah i don't think that's unfair and i watched this with my wife and she actually said much the same thing i agree that i i feel like the film is kind of two movies smushed together and it doesn't it's not as cohesive as it could or maybe should be for sure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh and in fact towards the end when it is jumping from you know the the one plot to the other there's Mm -hmm. a there's actually some specific character resolution that is glossed over Mm-hmm. like hand waved away that yeah. kind of bothered me um, yeah i know what you mean you feel like you missed like a couple of scenes of resolution absolutely like oh yeah. okay so, um, so that's happening but i'm still on team you should see the movie like oh, it's yeah. like whether or not it's uh whether or not we think it's good i think you should see it inside for yourself because it you know the parts of it that really work really work and part of that is penelope cruz being amazing Oh, she's so. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. She is absolutely fantastic and very, very moving and very real and authentic and stunningly beautiful woman as well, which... Um, and and if you like movies with, you know, lots of weird Hitchcockian twists and turns, then you were going to like this movie because this movie has <laughs> a ton of those. There's a plot twist every couple of scenes, it feels like, through the middle. Yeah. And, like, that could be a thing to complain about, but in this case, it's handled well enough that it works yeah and none of it is done for shock factor it's all it's all incorporated it's not really there's no like thrills in here it's more um revelations that that shock everything so um yeah and almost every choice in fact i would say basically every choice that each character makes in the face of those revelations is whether or not it's the right or wrong choice is completely understandable and you know what's really interesting about that again without spoiling anything is that there's one or two choices that come so quickly like decisions that come so quickly you you really have to pay attention to what's going on because they are absolutely relevant for later on and Mm. there's a couple of times like am i 
do I understand this correctly? Is this really what's happening? And what's really interesting is that we don't see maybe some other directors would have written far more scenes leading up to certain decisions being made. But in this film, they are snapshots. They're like, this is happening and it's done. And it's actually relevant for later. So it is a movie you have to like pay attention to. I mean, all movies should be movies you pay attention to, but um, <laughs> it, uh, it's, it's that you're right. It is quite twisty. Yeah. In a good way though. Yep. So, uh, so parallel mother. What do you think out of five parallel mothers for well, you? I gave it. I gave it two. Um, I would be very curious. Maybe you know more about this than I do. Uh, to watch this director's other movies and see if it's indicative of his style. Um, if it's more style over substance. Um, I think I've um, seen. I think I've seen all about my mother. All about um, your mother. All about my mother. Yeah. Um, mother. I would I'm say that if this film suffers so what i understand of this film which i would give a three out of five just for the record um is that it the production of it was quite rushed compared to a lot of films i think it was put together and completed in like a month last year like it was quite rushed uh so that could be part of why it's a bit scattered a bit fractured mm-hmm. um but uh, I mean, Pain and Glory was one of my favorite films of 2019. Mm-hmm. Like by a pretty wide margin, it's a really great film. Um, most of his films are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I don't think he makes bad films, but this is probably, you know, one of his more average ones. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Good. All right. Yeah. Nice. So should we move on? Yeah, let's move on. So we're going to talk about some Oscar nominations. I don't know if we're going to talk about all of the Oscar nominations because there are just so many to talk about, but... We'll give it a go. <laughs> we'll give it a go. Um, so the Oscar nominations were announced uh, just this week, and uh, there's been some... I don't know about you. I've seen more of the films than I think you have, but there yes, aren't yeah. that many surprises for me personally did anything stick out to you or have you even really looked or um no i have i have glossed over them and i i think the surprises for me this year actually in a nice way usually i get very very angry about what's left out of the oscars but there's been a couple of inclusions this year that i kind of wasn't expecting that to be included um which we'll we'll get to as we talk about the nominees but by and Uh... large is, is there any, like, big snub you want to talk about before we get started? Because I, I have exactly one that I am a little bit upset was left out. I don't think so. I'll probably think of one later. Who's your snub? Um, I personally would have nominated Nicolas Cage for Best Actor for the film Pig. And I, pr- oh. I would have nominated Pig for Best Picture, too. Lots of people love that movie. That's because it's a great movie. And, so uh, interesting that the, the people that I follow from all different walks of life, like writers, directors, all these kind of people, they seem to be united by two things. The first is Nintendo's um, Kirby fetish, and the second is uh, that movie and how great Nicolas Cage is. Yeah, because he's great. He's really great. It's a really great film, and he's really great in it. Um, do, why do you think he wasn't? included do they just hate nicholas sketch 
I mean, they've given him an Academy Award before, so it can't be that. Uh -huh. um, I don't know. I think it's probably, it's a little bit esoteric. It's a little bit weird at points. Uh -huh. um, it's also, I mean, not that it's stopped them before, but it's quite a melancholy movie. Uh -huh. um, and it's maybe, it's a bit, uh, what's the right way to say this? It's an it's an indie film in a way where I think the thing you have to remember about the Oscars each year is that part of it is celebrating great film and part of it is celebrating great films with excellent marketing departments <laughs> uh, and large marketing budgets. And I don't think that Pig necessarily had the budget to compete in that way, in the same way that I think The Green Knight would have been um, an excellent one to highlight. Uh, mm -hmm. this year and it just wasn't mm -hmm. uh, i just don't think that a24 necessarily has the budget or if they did have the budget they put it towards macbeth because they produce macbeth so right but macbeth has had some nods which is nice it has um well so, and on that note so let's dive in let's talk about first uh we're going to go by this letterbox ballot in that order so let's talk about actor in a leading role um, okay. There's five nominees, and they are Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Hmm. There are, and I'm going to say this as a person who didn't really like being the Ricardos, there are no bad choices in this category. Oh, really? Okay. Being the Ricardos is not a very good movie, but Javier Bardem is good in it. <laughs> um, and uh, there, there's some controversy because he's Spanish and he's playing, um, you know, Ricky Ricardo, who is Cuban, and that's there's a there's a lot of stuff to unpack there in terms mm -hmm. of Hollywood, you know, whitewashing roles. Um, but he's still a good actor and he's still great in that part. Um, I don't think he's going to win. I think that this is pretty much Benedict Cumberbatch's award to lose at this point. Um, I don't know. How do you feel? How many of these have you seen and how do you feel about it? I've seen uh, all of I, them for sure. I've seen um, two and a half. <laughs> um, I've seen Tick, Tick, Boom and The Tragedy of Macbeth and yes. half of Power of the Dog, I'm guessing. That's, cor that's correct, yes. Yeah. Half of the dog. Yeah. Um, you should keep watching Power of the Dog because yeah. the back half makes the front half better. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I'm I'm in a position here where I I am perhaps not biased, but I there was a, a certain point where I looked at Benedict Cumberbatch's acting and went, oh, I don't I don't believe this anymore. I don't believe any of this. Um, a couple of years ago. I don't know what the role was, but suddenly, since then, whenever I watch him acting anything, I don't. So I, I don't believe anything he does. I, so I don't want to spoil the power of the dog, but it is this quality about his acting that you're speaking about that makes the film powerful in the end. Okay. Um, no, because he's because he's cast so against type. In the. He's ca he's cast very against type in the first two thirds of the film, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then when the film reveals what it's actually doing in the third act, it all comes together. It's a, it's a slow movie, 
it's yeah. uh it's a very deliberately slow and thoughtful movie um and i totally get why people some people don't like it but i think you should watch it to the end before you make that choice <laughs> it's not just this movie yeah i i that's fair about this movie i it, his last couple of performances that i've seen i've not enjoyed at all and on the flip side, I've got two movies with incredible performances, like Andrew Andrew Garfield and Tick Tick Boom. Mm-hmm. I love the story where Lin Manuel Miranda um, offered him the role, and he said, "Do I have to sing?" And Miranda said, "Yeah." Um, but he found out it was it was um, filming in a year from that point, and Miranda said, "Well, do you want to sing?" And he's like, "Yeah, fine, I'll sing. I'm going to sing at that point." And then he spent the year learning how to sing and play piano, and yeah. he is. Tick Tick Boom is uh, a brilliant movie. Uh, I would have perhaps been happy if it had a few more nominations. To be honest, it is a it's, brilliantly directed movie. It's got a couple but, nominations though. Um, yeah, but as as um, as director maybe, and maybe even like best picture. I think it's a really so really good. One. We're going to talk a lot about the best picture category when we get there. But yeah, yeah, I I would happily sub that in for yeah. one of the other choices specifically. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think um, um, I, we're going to come to it later. But it's also nominated for film editing, and I think that's an, an award it has a shot at. Okay, that's great. But Andrew Garfield's sensational on Tick Tick Boom, like really like knocked everything out of the park. But then on on in the same category, you've got Denzel, who uh, I think up until. Tragedy of Macbeth, I just thought was fine, and but he is. I mean, we talked about this in our Macbeth podcast. Like it, could, Shakespeare could be written for him. Like it's not just he clearly understands what he's saying, and he clearly understands how to say it. But his voice is just designed for these Shakespearean lines, and his breathing and delivery and focus. Yeah, is everything about the way that he that he speaks is designed for the way Shakespeare yeah. is written. It's just, um, it's so natural yeah. for an American to, to speak Shakespeare. But he, um, he, it's not just his delivery. He he gets that slow burn. I know that's down to Cohen's direction as well, but he really, really gets that slow burn of Macbeth and the the um, psychosis that, sit, that sits in his head towards the end. Like, he's amazing. So I would be really happy with Andrew Garfield or Denzel mm-hmm. getting that one. Who Who would you like to see? Oh, actually, who would you like to see, and who do you think is going to get it? Because those are two different things, aren't they? So I, I think that Benedict Cumberbatch is going to win. Okay. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think that needs any explanation. I think he's going to win. He's already won a bunch of awards. I think he's going to win. And the Academy loves Jane Campion as well. <sighs> yep. Uh, we'll come to that. I think next, but mm-hmm. uh, or. So, but like I said, honestly, there's no bad choices in this. I've seen all five performances. They are all great. I wish that maybe Will Smith had been nominated in a weaker year because he's actually legitimately great in King Richard, um, which is a bit of a weird movie, to be honest. You know, you wouldn't think on paper, if you were going to make a film about Venus and Serena Williams, you would make it about Venus and Serena Williams, but they made a movie about themselves and they made their father the main character. <laughs> and uh it doesn't it sounds like a weird idea but it really works and will smith is really good in it um and i mean again i i i don't have necessarily a pick here because 
I think I think it's Benedict Cumberbatch's award to lose, like I said before. But I don't think there's a bad mm-hmm. choice. I'll be happy with whoever wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Where okay. do you want to go? Where do you want to go next? Best supporting actor, or you want to go down the acting oh. line, or do you want to go? Yeah, to let's go down. Let's go down the acting line. That's good. All right. So, best actor in a supporting role. Um, so, and I always pronounce this gentleman's name correctly, but I believe it's oh. Kieran Hines. I believe um, uh, for Belfast. <laughs> uh, I think I, I don't know how to say his name probably. Yeah, um, Troy Kotsur for Coda, Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee for The Power of the Dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen all of these but one. I have not seen Coda, which is weird because it's just on Apple TV+. Plus. I should have seen it. It'll be one of my catch-up films in the next month or so. Oh, is um, that the, the guy with deaf parents? Is yes, it is. Oh, bloody hell. It's, yeah, it's, been, it's been on Apple TV Plus for months now. When I just never <laughs> oh, watched yeah, it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I saw a trailer for that. I thought, oh, I'd really like to watch that. I had no idea I could actually watch that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm like on the ball as ever. Um, well, you know, kids, whatever. It's fine. Um, um, can can we, can Jesse Plemons win, but actually uh, it be for um, Game Night? instead of power of the dog that would make me quite happy you know if it was a different year i would say yes but honestly i fully expect cody smith mcphee to take this one home for the same film is that the Uh, kid that's the boy right yeah yeah and he as with um cumberbatch uh his and to be fair literally everyone in this film is good there's four main there's four basically four roles and all four people are nominated, and they are all great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that Cody Smith McPhee is probably the one to take it home because his role has a, I would argue, perhaps a little more depth and, and certainly a little more focus in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that will, and he's a young up and comer. I think, you know, that for me, that the Academy tends to, you know, do that. Certainly with yeah. women. I mean, the average, the average like best actor age for women is like 25. <laughs> the average best actor age for men is like 35. So, uh, mm. you know, maybe they can correct that down a little bit on the man side. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think he's going to take it home. I haven't seen Troy Kutzer, but uh, Belfast and I don't think J.K. Simmons is going to take it. I think that's a nomination that you get because you're good, but mm-hmm. it's not jake jk simmons has that same problem that like spielberg does where every time he shows up he's just great you know and it's uh, it's yeah. hard to give awards for just being great all the time <laughs> that's fair enough yeah i don't know i i have no horse in this race um i like jesse plemons from other things and to be fair in the half of the power of the dog i saw he was really good so that wouldn't be a problem for me yeah i actually I, really I, like sorry to interrupt with the i really liked his um, battle between the kind of grubby cowboy he was and the more capitalist kind of businessman he now is and that contrast and and the type of man that his brother and family expect him to be and the kind of man that he wants to be yeah and how they how their behavior is different from his new behavior i thought he conveyed that really really well so i'd be happy with that yeah. Um, 
So, okay. best actress in a leading role. Mm, so, Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz for Madres Paralelas, uh, Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart for Spencer. Have, you, know seen, like, have you seen any yeah, of these? I have Parallel Mothers, that's it. Yeah. Um, I, I, Penelope Cruz is fantastic, and I'd be very happy if she got it. But just generally, I think Kristen Stewart would do well to win an Oscar at this point. Uh, I haven't seen Spencer. I'm not going to watch Spencer. But um, I hear she's very good at it. And she's just the kind of actress who who does really like consistently interesting, like she makes interesting choices and she always commits to it. And both her and Patterson have come out of Twilight and they could have done, they could have made their retirement fund from romantic comedies for the rest of their life. And, and they've both sought out really interesting, difficult things to do. And I find her a really interesting actress on many, many different levels. So uh, I would be really happy for her to get an Oscar, to be honest. How about you? I hope she wins. I have seen Spencer, and I think you should see Spencer, um, which oh. is which is basically a movie about how difficult it is to spend a weekend with your family. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but she is fully committed in that film, and she is wonderful. Um, I, I don't it's just a story of Princess Diana and it's set over it's a fictionalized version of the three days at Christmas where she decides to get a divorce from Charles and she's wonderful in it and it, there's a she, I don't know how to I don't know what other word to use she's so good she's so nuanced she's so 100% in I'm sure that her English accent probably sounds a little off to an actual English person but she captures Diana's body language and that sort of like breathy cadence that she had mm -hmm. uh, in the same way that um, the young girl from the crown did, um, but perhaps with a little more yeah. uh, dramatic oomph behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I don't, so I think there's a lot of good choices here. I, I kind of hope Nicole Kidman doesn't win, <laughs> not because I think she's bad, mm -hmm. but because I think that she was, she did really well with a role that she was a little bit miscast in, in being the Ricardos. And I haven't seen the eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, Olivia Coleman is great in the lost daughters and Penelope Cruz is great in parallel mothers, but mm -hmm. I don't think that they are necessarily of the caliber that Kristen Stewart was in Spencer for me personally. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I, it's funny. I've, I've heard, I haven't heard a single good thing about being the Ricardos apart from, how fine the two leads are but as a movie itself i've heard pretty middling things it's on amazon but, prime uh, if you want to watch it and i would say try and watch it but it's <laughs> it's also <laughs> it's weird because it's a movie that it's an aaron sorkin movie and i think that he's a very good writer but i think he's a very middling director and i really wish he would stop directing oh, things mm -hmm. and he his very famous mode of speech that he gives to all the stuff that he writes. Mm -hmm. I don't think necessarily fits in a lot of the scenes in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I think, and as much as, again, I think that Nicole Kidman is a great actress and I think she did very good with the material she had, but I don't think she was right for the part. Okay. That's fair. So, but moving on okay. to actress in a supporting role. So we have Jesse Buckley in the lost daughter 
Ariana DeBose in West Side Story, Judy Dench in Belfast, Kirsten Dunst in The Power of the Dog, and uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm so sorry. Andrew Genoe Ellis in King Richard. Sure. Um, I, I apologize for not being able to pronounce that name. Um, I think this is another category with no bad choices. I hope that Ariana DeBose wins or mm-hmm. Jesse Buckley wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no bad choices. Jesse Buckley's a really interesting performer. Like, there's something about her. There was a trailer for um, uh, Annihilation Guy. Um, oh, who directed Ex Machina? Alex Garland. Alex, so Alex Garland, Garland, yeah. Alex Garland's new movie called Men. Uh, there was a trailer for it with Jesse Buckley. In. And even just in the trailer, there's something about her. Again, she's just all in. Like She's really, really committed in every single frame. And she, I find her incredibly watchable. I haven't seen um, The Lost Daughter, although I've heard really interesting things about it. Yep. So I do want to watch it. So The Lost um, Daughter is on Netflix, yeah. and you should totally watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jesse Buckley and Olivia Coleman, who are again both nominated, play the younger and older versions of the same character. Right. So Olivia Coleman plays a woman in the present who's on a vacation, and she keeps having flashbacks to her past, where she's played by Jesse Buckley. And not only is Jesse Buckley just generally really good, she I don't know what they did together to figure this out, but they both perfectly embody the same character mm-hmm. to a point where it's you kind of almost forget that it's not just the same person, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. the main character is not. She's not the most sympathetic character, and they Jesse Buckley in particular has a lot more weight on her shoulders when it comes to that aspect of the character. Mm-hmm. And she does an amazing job of making you like her while she's doing not necessarily very likable things. <laughs> That's um, a real talent, yeah. Um, but on the other hand, Ariana DeBose is absolutely electric in West Side Story, and I would love to see her take home an Oscar for it. She is... Me too. I mean, I think most people in West Side Story were good, but Rachel Zegler and Ariana DeBose in particular um, were so transcendently good, and I would be very happy to see her take it home. Uh, On that note, are you surprised to see Rachel Zegler left out of the acting nominations? Um... No, I mean yes and no. You know, the again the Academy tends to to love young young women. Um it's actually sort of weird that the leading leading actress category only has one actress you would consider like young in Kristen Stewart. Um but I think I mean if you ha- if I had having seen the film, if I had to pick one of them, I would pick Ariana DeBose for sure. Just mm-hmm. 100%. She's she lights up the screen every time. Every time the camera's pointed at her, the, you you just you're like, yeah, something great's about to happen. <laughs> you yeah, know? Like, but it's, I mean, it's interesting because I watched Hamilton relatively recently, finally, and there was a an actress in the chorus who I could not take my eyes off, and she she did the bullet ballet and she did the thing like whispering in the king's ear about who the next president is, and yep, could turns not, out could take, well, uh, yeah, I couldn't take my eyes off her, and then. Months ago, when we watched um, Schmigadoon, and I texted you like how much I was in love with the school teacher and what an amazing performance, and I never realized this is the same actress, and yep. now she's the main part in West Side Story. So I would love for her to get an Oscar because she's 
brilliant, sensationally, fantastically brilliant, even though yeah. I haven't seen West Side Story yet. Well, so that's, uh, do you have any dog in the race who you think is going to take it home? Do you care? Um, I, I have loved Kirsten Dunst for years and years. And I don't mean lovely in the weird way. I just think she's great. And um, if she could win an Oscar for Bring It On and the good that that movie has brought to uh, the world, then that would make me happy. But Ariana DeVos, def definitely. Yeah. I think that Kirsten Dunst has a shot too. Like I say, this is a category um, with no bad choices. Mm -hmm. uh, um, Ms. Ellis in King Richard plays the girl's mother and she is also fantastic. Um, as a side note, one interesting fact I just learned is that this is the first year in Oscars history where two couples have both been nominated for the acting roles. Did you know that? So, so Javier Bardem, who's nominated for Best Actor, is married mm -hmm. to Penelope Cruz, who's nominated for Best Actress. No, and Jesse that. Plemons and Kirsten Dunst, who are both nominated for Best Supporting Actor and Actress, respectively, are also married. <laughs> Jesse Plemons is married oh, yeah. to Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, they met on the set of the second season of the Fargo TV show, and they've been together ever since. <laughs> Man, you're blowing my mind, my friend. <laughs> yep. Well, that's cool. Well, moving on, let's look at the animated feature film. Uh, I'm so excited have... about this category. I know you have a pick, so we're gonna. There's Encanto and Flea and Luca and the Mitchells versus the Machines and Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, which one do you want to win, Simon? Well, I'm very excited because I think this is the only category where I've seen more movies than you at this point. I've seen all category. five. Oh, when did you watch Encanto? Oh no, I haven't seen Encanto. That's true. I've seen the other okay. four. All right, so we're four each because I haven't seen Flea. Um, this is going to be a difficult one because usually with animated, there's one that I absolutely am behind 100% and it never wins and I get very, very angry. But here you've got four out of the four movies I've seen, they're all worthy. Like Luca, I thought, started weirdly and then just turned into this absolutely fantastic movie about friendship. And Mitchell's versus the Machines is, isn't quite Clouding with a Chance of Meatballs, but it's as close as anyone has got to Clouding with a Chance of Meatballs. It's just wonderful. I love Raya and the Last Dragon. Like, I, I, I know it didn't really land with a lot of people, and um, it was kind of... Um, people talked a lot about it ripping off Avatar The Last Airbender, but it is a spectacularly made and designed movie and brilliantly mm -hmm. voiced as well. But, I, I mean, Encanto's going to win. Encanto's going to win the best animated feature, and it totally 100% deserves to. Uh, it is brilliantly directed, and the the color and the design choices are incredible. Like, it, it absolutely deserves to win. Do you have a horse in this race? So I'm... Uh, I haven't seen Encanto, and I understand that it is great. Of the four that I've seen, I would personally choose the Mitchells versus the Machines. I think that Ryan the Last Dragon is an excellently made film that is a, a little bit maybe, for lack of a better way to say it, I've definitely seen that story before. Like mm -hmm. it's and it's it's a very much like it's just another Disney movie in that way, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I think that Flea is a super interesting choice for this category. It's actually made history this year. It's nominated for Best International Feature best documentary and best animated feature which is something that's yeah. never happened before yeah. i think it's going to win one of those three i 
I, I think honestly, I wouldn't be shocked or terribly disappointed if it won all three. It's definitely mm-hmm. worthy. I, I think of the ones it might lose this, or a better way to say this is, I think the one of the ones it might win, best documentary is probably the one. Mm-hmm. Um, so of these ones, I'm gonna go with for now the Mitchells versus the Machines mm-hmm. as my personal pick. Um, but I kind of even sight unseen, I kind of expect Encanto to win. Mm-hmm. If only because no one on social media will shut the fuck up about it. So. <laughs> but I mean, at least at least it's good. Like people, there's just a giant loving over everything in Canto. Like there's so much love in that movie, and there's so much it says about family and finding your place and and uh, learning what like your true gift to the world is. It's it's just lovely. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I hope I, well, I I will see it, and then I hope it'll be good. Yes. Uh, next up, we have cinematography, and in that category, mm-hmm. we have Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. And mm-hmm. I fully expect The Power of the Dog to take this one home. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I I haven't seen Dune yet. Um, Macbeth really stands out for me because it was so stylized. But I do see where you're going. Like The Power of the Dog. Jane Campion, her thing is to make landscapes look incredible. Like she, she can shoot this like dusty Western look uh, so beautifully. And she, um, all of her character shots are really beautifully done as well. So I, I, I that would be fine. I would love West Side Story to win. Cause I think Spielberg's one of the absolute best when it comes to cinematography, but um, well, again, be... I haven't seen it. Sorry. Let's see here, cinematography, cinematography. I'm just looking at a more detailed list. So for cinematography, yeah, it would be Janice Kaminsky for West Side Story. And he's worked with Spielberg a lot. Like, he's basically Spielberg's guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Power of the Dog would be, I think, an interesting choice. Because that film is beautifully shot. And Ari, mm-hmm. Ari Wegner is... Um, uh, has done a lot of good films, including uh, Lady Macbeth in 2016 and Zola last year as well, actually. Um, she would also, if she were to win, I believe she'd be the first woman to win the award. Um, really? But wow. more importantly, I just think, and I've seen all of these except for Nightmare Alley. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that The Power of the Dog is just the most beautifully shot of them. And I think West Side Story is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But there's something about the way that the power of the dog captures not only the people, but the landscape that the film mm-hmm. is set in uh, that is just just uh, transcendently good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's worth noting that Dune probably has a fair shot at this as well, because I think that despite not having any acting nominations and no Best Director nomination, which we'll come to in a bit. Um, mm. Dune is absolutely has a chance of being that film this year in the way that Mad Max Free Road did, where it takes home all of the technical awards. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because it is, and it's interesting, we talked about Dune. When I first saw it, I didn't really connect with it, but I've watched it a couple of times since, and every time I do, I like it more. And mm-hmm. I would love to see it take some stuff home. Yeah. Yeah, my personal choice, oh, I... my personal expectation is that uh, The Power of the Dog will win for cinematography. Mm-hmm. 
costume design. Uh, so we have Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. My personal expectation is that Cruella will win based yeah, on it, it, all of the incredible costumes in that film. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> yeah, else to say. I, I totally agree. We, let's move on. Like, yeah. like it's, so, it's, so, it's so ahead of anything else I've seen in terms yeah. of design and costumes. This is another one. Dune is nominated, and I think Dune, based on the strength of the way the still suits are designed and also the the militaristic uh, uniforms and especially the House Harkin and stuff is designed. Like, it definitely has a shot. Um, but mm-hmm. personally, I yeah, I totally expect Cruella to to take it home. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to go back up to the top of yep. this next column on this Oscar ballot to find the category oh. of best director. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I'm just going to sit back. Okay, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we have Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, uh, Ryosuke Homoguchi for Drive My Car, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Did you know that this makes Steven Spielberg, I believe, the most nominated? Oh, no, sorry. It doesn't make him the most nominated director. It makes him the first director to be nominated in six distinct decades or something like that. There's some record oh, he's at. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm yet to watch West Side Story, but I'm comfortable to say that he's probably the best director in that group out of all those movies. He's he's the best living film director. And That's so, true. of course, of course he should get an Oscar. Like, this shouldn't even be a discussion. The other people shouldn't even turn up. Like, Ken Branagh can stay at home with his cup of tea. Um, well, Kenneth Branagh might win for a screenplay, but that's another discussion. I think yeah. Jane Campion's going to win this time, personally. Oh, okay. She's also set her. a record. So he's Steven Spielberg has now been nominated in the in the seventies, eighties, nineties, zeros, tens, and twenties, um, and he wow. is the greatest living uh, filmmaker. But Jane Campion, I think, is going to take this one home. The Power of the mm-hmm. Dog is a powerhouse. I don't. I think my ex- is a more broad expectation for me is that either the power of the dog is going to take home basically everything it's nominated for or nothing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It does feel like one of those movies that gets that sweep. There's yeah. always a couple of years. Um, there's one of those, isn't there? And Jane Campion actually is uh, set, makes a small amount of uh, Oscar history as well, being the first ever woman to have been nominated for a second time. Oh. Uh, which is, I know also disappointing when you figure that she's, uh, with her second nomination is now only the that's only six women six years ever where they've had women nominees so that can't yeah. that can't be right it is really yeah it's really upsetting how many oscars is this do you say 95 95th yeah and there are six uh, 90, 94th 94th sorry and this is the sixth year of those where there's been a woman nominated for director yeah and this is only the second time that a woman's been nominated for this. Or only the first time where a woman has been nominated for the second time. Wow, women need to get better at filmmaking, clearly. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on. That's the problem, Come on. sure. That's the, I mean, <laughs> there can't be any other reason for that. <laughs> Jesus yep. Christ. Well, it's... Uh, wow. Yeah, I, I expect Jane Campion to take it. I think that Ryosuke Hamaguchi is an interesting choice. He's also the first Japanese band to ever... Japanese person mm-hmm. to be nominated for Best Director. And by all accounts, Drive My Car is an excellent film that I desperately want to see and have missed three separate times. <laughs> um, uh, but I think this is going to be Jane Campion's year. 
Right. Fair enough. So, do you want to do you want to brush over the documentaries? I have nothing to say about any of the documentaries you've talked about so, already. Yeah. So, documentary feature. I think it's Flea's Award to lose. Uh, Summer of Soul is also well loved by everyone who's seen it. Um, I have not seen the other three nominees, which are Ascension, Attica, and Writing with Fire. But of the two that I am aware of, Flea and Summer of Soul, they're both good. I think it's Flea's to lose. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, it's a it's a it's this it's the story of a young man who escaped war torn Afghanistan to Denmark and discovered his uh you know his homosexuality and came out in the process while he wasn't a uh, a refugee. Like it ticks all the boxes <laughs> and okay. it's animated, so it's presented in an interesting way. Right. Okay, that's so, a that's a set then definitely. Yeah. I have not seen yeah. any of the documentary short subjects, so I'm gonna say we just gloss no. over it. Um, yeah. Editing tick tick boom, that would be nice. It's gonna yeah. be part of the uh, I don't know. I think tick tick boom actually is quite a shot. I think it's really well put together. Um mm-hmm. I think Dune is really well put together too. It manages its weird time jumps and flashbacks really well. Mm-hmm. I Don't Look Up is nominated in this category. So the nominees being Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and Tick Tick Boom. My personal hope is that it's Tick Tick Boom. I don't think Don't Look Up should be in any categories, but that's a discussion for a later time. <laughs> no, let's have that now. <laughs> no, no, because it's there's a bigger award that it's nominated for. So, oh, okay, all right. Um, uh, next all right. up, in, international, international feature. So we, have, no so we have Drive My Car, Flee, The Hand of God, uh, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom, and The Worst Person in the World. I think this one is probably Drive My Cars to Lose. Again, I haven't seen it, but it seems like exactly the kind of movie that the Academy would choose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a dark horse chance that it might be the worst person in the world, which is another one that I've missed three separate mm-hmm. times. Um, <laughs> but I think the worst person in the world it might win the other one that it's nominated for, which we'll come to in a bit. So mm-hmm. my my guess is that Drive My Car will win. Yeah, I think so too. It's the buzz it's had, definitely. Yeah, I'm not even going to go over the nominees for makeup and hairstyling because it should be Cruella. Cruella, absolutely. Uh, Original score is a tough one. Um, There are no bad choices in this. I think it's the one category where I can stand that Don't Look Up is in it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I kind of expect Hans Zimmer to take it home for Dune, though. Uh, He's doing interesting and weird things with the music and instruments and uh you know more ethnic and middle eastern sounds in ways that we haven't heard before in western cinema at least um and i think that if he doesn't it'll be johnny greenwood for the power of the dog but i think it's going to be hans zimmer for two good any thoughts yeah, i like i i mean i i have only parallel mothers and encantos to talk about here the encanto um score is lovely but like Hans Zimmer, I think is one of um, actually one of the great composers, movie composers. I th- he gets a lot of slack for uh, his kind of Inception era horns, <laughs> but yeah. if you like, I was listening to Man of Steel, which is not a good movie, but that's a great soundtrack. But he's done some really diverse, interesting things, and um, I. I love pretty much everything he creates, so I'd be really happy for him to get an Oscar for this. I'm sure I'll love Dune as well. 
Yeah, well, I I don't think Encanto will win, and the reason for that is the next category, which is best original song, features the song. Do, uh, and I'm going to mispronounce this, but Dos <laughs> Oroguitas, uh sure. composed by one Lin Manuel Miranda, and I uh-huh. think he will finally score his egot with this category. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. I'm surprised um, that we don't talk about Bruno didn't get nominated because that is, I know it's the song that everyone is singing at the moment, but apart from it being in the zeitgeist, it is a spectacularly composed song that overlaps with itself and tells a brilliant story. And it's, but to be fair, this movie, Dostoe Regretus, is uh, the emotional climax of the movie it yeah, is yeah that's that's the one they're gonna go for right yeah yeah i guess every, it, it every is, time um uh, it's the first song he's written just in spanish and it sounds like the kind of classical song that has existed forever it is a, a beautiful amazingly emotive song so i would be so happy if this wins yeah no time and... to die is not a good bond theme i don't even know why it's nominated it's a like, good song that's why <laughs> it's not it's not a good song it's not a good bond theme I, I don't know if it's a good Bond theme, but it's a good song. Um, Down to Joy is a uh, for so Belfast is nominated for the song Down to Joy and a song called Somehow You Do for a movie called The Four Good Days, which I didn't realize even had come out. Yeah, is nominated. And then Be Alive any... from King Richard. Now Be Alive, I think, is an interesting choice. That's a Beyonce song. And uh, hang on. Let's see here. Um, and yeah, so Down to Joy is one I'm torn on because it's a, a Van Morrison song. And I have historically liked Van Morrison, but in recent years he's be, you know revealed himself to be a terrible human being, and I hope he doesn't win. <laughs> Fair enough. So. I misread the last one because I don't have my glasses on. There's that thing you do. I'm like, oh, okay, that's nice that they've gone retrospectively <laughs> awarded that thing you do again for best original song i think it won didn't it when it was up for best song no i don't think it did actually did it if you want to if you want to feel really old because that thing you do feels like quite a recent movie to me but look at the pictures of the cast of everyone in that thing you do and it's all these older male actors now as young boys that's how old we are we're very old yeah so Dos we really, we really are. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Nineteen ninety six. Uh, that thing you do was nominated for best original song, and it lost to Andrew oh. Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice for "You Must yeah. Love Me" from Evita, because of course it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna beat that, are they? No. Um. Uh, Production design. So Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. I don't really think there's any bad choices here. So no. um, I'm going to check the box beside West Side Story. I haven't seen Nightmare <laughs> Alley, but... Uh, uh, put, put, put me down for, for Macbeth. Like, I feel like not actually, seeing Nightmare Alley... Nightmare Alley might be a piece of this puzzle that we probably should have. Well, the only I, thing I, is I that really good things. the only thing about Nightmare Alley is that it's streaming on Hulu in the states and it's not streaming here in Canada. Oh, thanks, Hulu or HBO Max. It's on one of them in the states. It's not up, not playing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to put mine by Macbeth actually, but I don't think there's a bad choice. Okay. 
Best Sound, we have Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. I always have a hard time with the sound categories, but um, I don't West know. I don't, I say, well, let's <laughs> say West Side Story, just because. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, visual, visual effects, we have Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi, and The Legend of the Ten Rings, and Spider-Man No Way Home. And I'm giving this one to Dune for sure. Because Not Free Guy. Free Guy is great. <laughs> Free Guy is a great film that I had a great time with. The the effects in Dune look real. Right. I don't know how else to say that. The spaceships and all <laughs> of the weird funky tech and all of the architect, all the, the sets, everything mm-hmm. look real. Everything looks real. Like believably real. And I, I don't, there's no, that's the bar, right? So. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, Dune. Sounds good. Yeah. It's a shame. Um, Shang-Chi would be nice, but it will be Dune. I mean, if they're going to give it to a Marvel adjacent film, they're probably going to give it to Spider-Man, but um, yeah. Dune, Dune's the one. Okay. So writing, writing for adapted screenplay, we have Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. I don't have any idea which one is going to win. I haven't Me seen either. Coda or Drive My Car. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to check off The Lost Daughter. Just cause, sure. just cause. It's a really well, it's a really well made film, and I think it deserves to win mm-hmm. something. For original screenplay, we have Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World. This is a category I think I've seen the fewest films in. Mm-hmm. Um, I have only seen Belfast, and I've seen three out of the five. Um, of those three, I definitely don't want Don't Look Up to win it. Uh, it's a weird choice, isn't it? I turned that movie off and there was nothing in the, the part I saw where it should be Oscar nominee for writing. <laughs> like, that no, is, there's, to be fair, there's two things that I think in that film are incredibly clever and they're really they're in the same scene. Um, so yeah, I, uh, there's one thing in that film, I think is is good writing, but other than that, I don't want it to win anything. So, <laughs> but honestly, <laughs> I think this might be the one they give to Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, which is, okay. I mean, I think there's an outside chance for King Richard or the worst person in the world as well. But Belfast is a story by Kenneth Branagh. It's semi autobiographical about his childhood in Ireland before his family escaped to England. It's presented in black and white about white people social turmoil like it checks all the boxes is it, what does. I'm trying to it say. really does yeah um so i'm gonna check off belfast yes um and so last but not least we come to the category of best picture in which uh there are 10 nominees and they are in alphabetical order belfast coda don't look up drive my car dune king richard licorice pizza nightmare alley the power of the dog and west side story Simon, do you have a pick? Uh, absolutely. Based on the 10 minutes of Don't Look Up, it should definitely be Don't Look Up as best best picture Oscar winner. Like I there's I've watched a lot of movies in my life and there's very few I've turned off because they've been shit. This is one of them. Like I didn't make it through that movie. Um so I'm surprised it's here. I haven't seen Dune. 
Um, I, for me personally, I don't think I've seen any of these actually. Have I not seen so any I've seen, of these? I've seen, I I've haven't seen, seen one of them. I haven't seen Coda. I haven't seen Drive My Car. And I haven't seen Licorice Pizza or Nightmare Alley. But I've seen the rest. And Don't Look Up, I don't think deserves to be there. Um, Coda, I'm surprised to see there, but I haven't seen it, so I don't want to judge it. I think this is probably the Power of the Dogs award to lose. Personally. I think I think you're right, but I would be much happier if Spielberg won for West Side Story. Yeah, so this, is, this is the category, actually, that he sets a record in. So not only did he set a record by being nominated in six discreet decades as Best Director, but this makes him the most nominated person for Best Picture. He has 11 nominations for Best Picture in his, in his uh, resume, which is just nuts. It is but, crazy. I... I don't know. I feel like if I watched, if I sat down over the next week and watched every single one of these movies, I'm fairly sure I would come out the other side thinking West Side Story is the best one. Like I just, I love Spielberg and I love musicals and I specifically love West Side Story, the original. So I, I don't see any reason why I would love any other movie more than Spielberg doing his favorite musical from when he was a child. Like he's been thinking about this by his own admission for like his entire life. And I've heard really good things about it. So yep. for me, I would love for him to win. Well, I, I still think I'm going to, I'm checking off the power of the dog as the winner. I would be equally happy with West side story. Personally. I, again, I don't think don't look up should be on the list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I why, think the thing about... on the list? what have we, what what's everyone missed about this the film that's on the best picture nomination? I don't do know. I, I don't know, but people, from what I understand, the reactions <laughs> to this film have been either revulsion, like me, or because I just think it's. And to be fair, I'm the guy who usually says that, like, we live in unsubtle times. Be, feel free to be unsubtle. But this is a movie that, to me, the big flaw with isn't that it's not subtle, it's that it's angry at the audience instead of for them, if that makes sense. Mm hmm. You know, like it should be angry at the institute. It should be the, a movie that inspires anger in the audience so that we act. But instead, it's angry at us for allowing this to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that that makes it a shitty movie. Um, the one thing I found funny in it is that the there's the whole running gag where there's a, in the very beginning of the film, the two main characters go to the White House and a general grabs them some snacks and charges them $10 each for the snacks. And it turns out that the snacks are free. And Jennifer Lawrence's character spends the rest of the film, like every time it cuts back to her, she's like, why did he charge us for the snacks? And I think <laughs> it's a really well-executed running joke. And mm-hmm. I think the one clever thing in the writing besides that is that the general who does that to them, his character name is, and I'm not making this up, General Themes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, you know, like, that's the theme of the movie, and his name is General Themes. But anyway, Uh it is otherwise, like, and even that, like, that is funny, but it is also, like, really dumb, really stupidly on the nose. And I I don't get it, but people tend to either like it or hate it, and I didn't like it, so. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing to remember, I think, too, about Best Picture is that unlike the other ones, all of the other 
uh, nominees is that when you look at say like best director or best cinematography then within those categories that branch of the academy votes mm-hmm. right so only directors vote for best director and they just vote like they get one vote they choose who they want to win right and it's majority wins mm-hmm. the best director or the best picture award is a ranked ballot and everyone gets to vote and the reason you sometimes get weird choices i think is that it's very possible in a ranked ballot for the number three pick to be the winner because if everyone picks the same film for number three but picks a different one and two guess which film ends up with the most points which i think is how you end up with your green books winning right yeah (laughs) um so i think it's a much harder category to call because i also think I think it's weird there are 10 Best Picture nominees and only five Best Director nominees because the director is ultimately the person who shapes a -hmm. film. And Mm -hmm. so I would immediately say if you were going to eliminate five nominees from the Best Picture race, you should eliminate the five that aren't also nominated for Best Director. (laughs) Yes. Would be my... I don't think that's how it works, but that is my personal (laughs) thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think like I say, it's to sum all that up, that the power of the dog is this this it's it's that movie's award to lose. It is. You do point. get the feeling it's gonna, it's gonna just it has the feeling it's gonna sweep. Do you know what I mean? You just feel yeah. like it's the kind of thing that is gonna just take everything. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that's all of the Oscar nominees that we were gonna wow. talk about. Uh, yeah. I, did you fill out the ballot as you went? I fill out. I filled out my ballot as I went. So, oh, I thought you were doing for the both of us. It's okay. Oh, okay. I can remember. I can remember my choices. That's fine. Okay. Um, the yeah, I do. I do like the Oscars, but I do feel a little detached from it. Yeah. <laughs> as as the years go by, but uh, especially as it's so hard to watch things at the best of times, especially now with the pandemic on. It's. I haven't felt comfortable going to the cinema. I haven't been able to just nip out because stuff, and uh, I, I feel like I would like to watch more of these before I actually get angry at the awards process yeah. when my favorites don't win. I think West Side Story is a big one for me. I would really love to see West Side Story before the Oscars. Well, the good um, news is on that front is that you'll be able to because the Oscars oh, yeah, are yeah. on March 27th and West Side Story is coming to Disney Plus on March the 2nd. Which is fantastic. I have no idea why it's it's coming so soon and it's not a premium rental or one of their like pay $35 and you can stream it deals? Uh, I don't think so. And I think that's because ultimately, and this is due to multiple factors, but ultimately it was a box office flop, right? Like yeah, it didn't yeah. It didn't even make its production budget back. So, right. um, I think they're happy just to throw it on there and let critics adore it, and hopefully yeah. word of mouth build and you know all that good stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, the only other cool. thing I'll say so I don't know what I would swipe swap in for best picture. I'd probably if it were me, I'd add Tick Tick Boom. I know there's a lot of people out there mm-hmm. who would love to see Spider Man in the best picture race. Um, I haven't seen Spider-Man, but I can pretty much guarantee I wouldn't share that opinion at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see why people who love it want us to be there. But for everyone who's disappointed that Spider-Man isn't nominated for Best Picture, um, it's made over $1.7 billion worldwide. So 
everyone knows. <laughs> you know, it yeah, doesn't just, it doesn't need a gold statue to be a success. It's just beating Avatar, isn't it? Uh, just, I don't I actually haven't checked in a couple of days. Phenomenal. Yeah, I would. I agree with you totally. I'd love to see Tick Tick Boom in there. I think it's a brilliantly made film, and it's a really precisely made film that captures the uh, energy and emotion of a musical in a way that most movie musicals don't. And so I would have been really happy for it to be nominated, but hey. Yep. Uh, anything else you want to say about the Oscars? There's one no, other no. one other very small, interesting fact about the Oscars this year, and that okay. is that all five nominees in the category of Best Actress do not appear in a film that was also nominated for Best Picture. Which is apparently oh. maybe the first time that's happened, or the first time it's happened in a long while, anyway. The best act. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Good. Um, one thing I would like to say is that you made a comment on Twitter that I cannot stop thinking about, and that's um, when there was the, the re- revelation that the Oscars is going to have hosts again, but who should it be? And you just said it should be the Muppets. And I'm like, that is the best that's the best answer. And then I, I was lying in bed and I couldn't sleep and my mind just went down that road of what would that look like? And it got to the point of all of the best song nominations, you know, they play them. Um, each, each year they have the band playing the song. Well, it should be the Muppets playing covers of the songs with the Muppets singing the vocal parts of the songs. And, And I was like, let's, they should go all in on, Muppets take over the Oscars. How amazing would that be? It would be incredible. It would be incredible. Um, I think the Muppets should host everything, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, other here's here I need to read off a couple other things that I think are interesting facts about this year's Oscars. Um, uh, apparently, Troy Kotzer is the first deaf person to be nominated for an acting award since Marley Matlin in 1986. Cool. Um, as we mentioned, Ryosuke Hamaguchi became the first, uh, third Japanese director to be nominated for Best Director. Uh, Flea is the first film ever to be nominated for Best Animated International and Documentary Feature at the same time. Uh, Kenneth Branagh becomes the first person to have been nominated in a total of seven different categories in his life. Uh, which oh. is super interesting. That's cool. Uh, Spielberg, as we previously mentioned, uh, now nominated in six different decades and the most nominated person for Best Picture, but also West Side Story is the uh, only the second time that a second adaptation of the same source material has been nominated for <laughs> the same award as its predecessor. So Mutiny <laughs> on the Bounty one was nominated for Best Picture, and so was the original of that, and uh-huh. both West Side Story and West Side Story were both nominated. Wow. Interesting. Uh, Kate Blanchett becomes the first female actor in history to have credited roles in nine Best Picture nominees, uh, beating Olivia de Havilland. Uh, Jesse Buckley and Olivia Coleman make history as being the first, uh, the third time ever that two individuals have been nominated for portraying the same character in the same film. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. 
And uh, one other big piece of representation here, uh, Kristen Stewart and Ariana DeBose mark the first time that two openly LGBTQ people have been nominated in the same year. Which is cool. Hey. And then also there's that interesting couples trivia where Penelope Cruz and Javier yes. Bardem are both nominated and Kristen Dunst and Jesse Plemons. That's really cool. So, they can yeah. both have shiny matchy statues, maybe. I guess it's one of those things where, like, I find all these weird records to be really super interesting, but the Oscars have had, this will be their 94th Oscars, and it's bound to be something like that every year at this point. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but anyway, uh, you know, our congratulations to all the nominees. I'm sure you're all listening. <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah. Good anything, else, anything else you want to add to the, our, no. this is our longest I... episode in a while. It is a long time about. No, I do enjoy the Oscars, so I'm looking forward to it. But uh, no, I, I, I'm trying to be less emotionally invested because the things I want to win never win. I have a very distinct um, taste in movies. Apparently, <laughs> um, it's another year where Ghost Rider: Spirits of Vengeance hasn't had its retrospective Oscar. So, one, one, one time it will happen. I, I think there should be a stunt category. That's my thing. I think it's. We are past the time where stunts should be recognized, and there I should think, be a stunt I think most of us are on the same page when it comes to that, except for the old men who run the Academy. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Okay, well, we should probably finish up, but first, some messages. <laughs> uh, well thank you all for listening uh, as always we'd like to say we love you very much and if you'd like to support us uh, we would love if you could give us a 5 star review on your podcast platform of choice and if you'd like to support us in a more direct way we have both Patreon and a Kofi and also a PayPal which is three things not two um, if you want to just give us a, a review of any kind though those do help immeasurably the better reviews help put us in front of more eyeballs which puts us in front of more earballs so please do that <laughs> yes. the more earballs the better the more yeah. you pay us the more we'll talk maybe that's a threat but uh, it could be a promise uh, yeah it's both it's both things um <laughs> As always, you can also catch up with us on uh, Twitter at AwesomeFridayCA, and Simon is at TemporaryPen. I am AF. And this episode coming to you from the unceded territories of the Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh, and Musqueam nations. And I think that that is all of the things. So thank you very much for listening one more time, and we will see you in a week and also in a month for the Oscars. Thanks. Bye. Bye.